Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. We are continuing our discussion on the plan of salvation this week, specifically baptism with Lima Asine, and we are going to jump right back into that discussion right now. Uh, Acts mm-hmm. 8, we fast forward a little bit in the book of Acts, and we're just covering a few of the ones in Acts. There are a bunch that you could look at in the book of Acts, but uh, Acts 8, verses 35 through 38. This is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch that we talked about earlier. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, reading from the book of Isaiah, preached Jesus to the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Why did the eunuch ask him that question? Well, clearly, in the preaching of Jesus, Philip must have preached the necessity of baptism. So he mm-hmm. sees some water. He says, well, what's keeping me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. So there's a prerequisite for being baptized. We must believe on Christ with all of our heart. And we find that the eunuch answers and says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He gives the good confession of his mm-hmm. belief in Christ. and. So Philip commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him again. And that shows that that's immersion when they both go down into the water. And uh, after that, he goes on his way rejoicing. When did he rejoice? He rejoiced after he obeyed the gospel, that is, after he was baptized into Christ. You have a thought or or two on that before we go to the next one? I mean, the, the... Throughout the book of Acts, before people are baptized, they hear the gospel first. And that's, that's you know, in Acts 8, uh, when uh, Chase read it there, preach Jesus. You, you, you cannot be baptized if you haven't heard the gospel first, right? right? Because you are baptized into Christ. And, and we'll read later here in Romans 6 that that's how you reenact the death and burial and resurrection, of Jesus Christ. So again, um, like Chase mentioned, if you would just read the Bible and, and leave your, you know, uh, any biases or preconceived or preconceived, uh, understanding about baptism and it not being necessary. If you just read the Bible and let the Bible teach us about baptism, we will clearly see in the book of acts, the necessity of it. Um, acts 22 and verse 16 uh, this is this is Paul uh, giving again the account of his conversion. And, and these were the words of Ananias, the preacher to Paul. And in Acts 22 and verse 16, uh, Paul is quoting that. He, and then he says, um, this is what Ananias said to him. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. Uh, The apostle Paul or Saul of Tarsus needed to be baptized in order for his sins to be washed away. Now, one of the things that's so important here is that the apostle Paul had been praying for three days. And if prayer was the way to wash away one's sins, if prayer was the way to be saved, then Ananias wouldn't have to tell Paul to get up and be baptized. But today, in, in, in uh, Christendom today, one of those leading false teachings is the sinner's prayer. 
If if there was an occasion in the Bible where the sinner's prayer can be clearly taught uh, uh, as a way of salvation, it would be with the occasion of, of Paul. He was praying already. But we clearly see that that's not God's teaching. That's man's teaching. God's teaching is man must be baptized like Saul did in order to wash away his sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Absolutely. And in that last part, calling on the name of the Lord is important, too. That's a participial phrase that is modifying the verbs, imperative verbs, by the way, which means they're things you must do. When uh, Ananias told Paul, arise and be baptized, there's your imperative word, verbs. And uh, when you do that, wash away your sins. Calling on the name of the Lord is a participial phrase that is acting uh, as an, an adverb that modifies those verbs. It tells you, okay, when you do those things, this is what happens when you do those things. You're calling on the name of the Lord. And that's very important because Acts chapter 2, verse 21 that's Peter right. had said in his uh, sermon, which was concluded with repent and be baptized, verse 38, but in Acts 2.21, it says, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's quoting from uh, Joel chapter 2. If you go back to the Old Testament, we also find this necessity in Romans chapter 10 that we have mm -hmm. to call on the name of the Lord in order to be saved. But what does that mean? A lot of people say call on the name of the Lord means something like a sinner's prayer, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Acts 22 verse 16 clearly shows you call on the name of the Lord by being baptized into Christ and your sins are washed away at that moment. Amen. What about uh, Romans 6? We've, we've teased this one quite a bit. Romans 6 verses 1 through 7. I'll go ahead and read that, Lima, and then if you could prepare some comments uh, regarding this. Romans 6, verses 1 through 7 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Lima, what you got on, on Romans 6, 1 through 7? I mean, focus, I mean, focus on, if you have your Bible open with us, guys, focus on the word baptism or the word baptized and the word into, because because you want to be in Christ, right? You want to be in Christ when you die, because the Bible says that you know, you're blessed if you die in the Lord. You want to be in Christ. And here in Romans chapter 6, how does one get into Christ? The answer is baptism. Paul says, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized, there's our word, into Christ, were baptized into his death therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we should also walk in newness of life to be in christ you need to be baptized into his death 
his burial, and then raised from baptism just as Christ was raised from the dead. It's so important. That's exactly right. And we could make the connections with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and following. The gospel, if we were to sum it up, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us we have to obey the gospel. Romans 10, uh, verse 16, I believe it is, says that uh, they have not all obeyed the gospel, and it's mm. it's sadly lamenting that fact. It, it, Paul is saying, essentially, he would that people would obey the gospel, but sadly, they have not all obeyed the gospel. How do you obey the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, it says it right here in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. You can also see Colossians 2, verses 11 and following. You can uh, also think about this. You know, you mentioned being in Christ. We must be in Christ. Ephesians yes. 1 verse 3 says all spiritual blessings are in Christ. in Christ. And I like to draw a circle when I'm studying with people and put all the spiritual blessings I can think to list, you know, prayer, forgiveness, uh, joy, you know, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all these different spiritual blessings. And then say that this circle represents in Christ. Well, how do you get into Christ? Well, we just looked at it in Romans chapter 6. We'll also look at it again. We mentioned earlier, but we'll mention it again, Galatians 3, verses 26 and 27. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You don't put on Christ until your baptism. Well, you have to, have, you have to clothe yourself with Christ to be saved. You do that when you're baptized into Christ. That's right. What about uh, 1 Peter 3.21, Lima? This one, I mean, these are all super clear, but to me, this one takes the cake. It, it is as clear as clear can be. Yeah, I mean, um, Peter, they're making the, the argument um, how God cleansed the world using a flood. And then he... He transition and he, he applies baptism in the same sense that God cleanses a man through baptism. Right? There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's 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 a way to to um Summarize the entire gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. And then you have baptism connected to it, just like Romans 6. Um, but the very fact that the Bible says here, which now saves us. I mean, what more do we need to hear about the necessity of baptism? I mean, it saves us. And then Mark 16, 16, I remember... Um, uh, when we were in school, Brother Elkins uh, shared that, that he had been in a debate with someone on the topic of baptism, and he just stayed with Mark 16, 16. I mean, it, it's Jesus saying it. Who, who do you need to listen to? Right in Matthew chapter 17, the Mount of Transfiguration, you have Moses and Elijah and Jesus. And God said to Peter, James and John, this is my son. You listen to him. He, you hear him, right? And so, so for all of us, if Jesus says says it, right, that should be enough, right? Right. And and by the way, the fact that um uh, the apostles wrote about it, uh, Peter, 
Paul, uh, Luke records about baptism in the Bible. That's God saying it multiple times. The problem is many, many people do not want to listen. Very sad indeed, but uh, you're exactly correct. And, uh, you know, someone can deny one verse of scripture or they can deny, you know, scores of scriptures that talk about the necessity of baptism. But the bottom line is we have to accept what God's word says, not what we have thought in our own mind or, or what others have misled us to believe. We have to accept what the word of God says on the, these matters. As we uh, wrap it up, Lima, for this episode, and we've went a little long. That's okay. We might split this into two weeks. Uh, certainly, we need to cover a lot on this particular subject. But before we wrap up, we do want to mention just quickly some uh, common objections to baptism. We could do a whole series on these, but we just want to introduce the listeners to them. And I have uh, four that I've picked out that I'd like to cover. The first one is probably one of the most common ones. Someone says, well, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. I want to be saved like him. So uh, how would you respond to that, Lima? I mean, you, you mentioned it. That's a whole uh, topic, and it's another controversial uh, topic that people bring up when we talk about baptism. And so I, I try to teach them about the importance of the old law and the transition to the new law. Uh, the thief on the cross, he lived under the old law when the old law was still in effect but also the thief on the on the cross was with jesus jesus was right there and jesus has the authority to give eternal life to whomever he wishes john 17 verse 1 through 3 uh, uh reveals that that he can give eternal life um but uh when someone brings this up i i try to help them think about you know um the situation of the thief on the cross. Like if you want to be saved uh, like the thief on the cross, I always tell them you need to be the thief on the cross because that's a very unique uh, uh, situation. You need to go back 2000 years. You need to be on that cross next to Christ. And you need to say to the Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And the Lord say to you, Today you'll be with me in paradise. There are not many thieves on the cross. It's just that one. And so, and so we forget sometimes that we hey, we're 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 removed from the setting. And uh if you want to be saved that way, you you have to have the exact same circumstances. You have to be in the exact same situation. Uh, but um people want the convenient way, right? We we want to live in sin and then on my bed. I'm about to die. I can be saved like the thief on the cross. And that's just sad. Well said. And uh, another thing that I always try to bring in on the uh, thief on the cross is, can you prove that he wasn't baptized? Because <laughs> it is a possibility. Uh, it doesn't say either way, but uh, I can show in Mark 1 verse 4 that John the Baptist was baptizing in the wilderness and he preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And we could get mm -hmm. into exactly what you know, the deal was with John's baptism, just me personally, I think it was looking forward to the cross and, uh, you know, baptism today looks back, uh, to the past toward the cross, but we could get into that, but we're not going to, but I'll just say briefly, they can't prove that 
that this thief perhaps wasn't, you know, maybe he was baptized and then went back yeah. to his life of sin at some point and ended up in that situation. We just don't know. Uh, but there's a lot of assumptions that go into this argument regarding the truth of the cross. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about this next one? Paul said in 1 Corinthians, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17. <laughs> so, uh, what about that one? It, it, what was Paul emphasizing there? Paul, Paul well, um, yeah, he, he wasn't emphasizing. Uh, baptism baptism is important but what what's happening in the church in corinth you you read from uh, uh chapter 1 verse 10 and onward to to really get the context it seemed like they were divided uh, and they were following well it doesn't seem like they were divided they were divided but it seems like part of the division is because they were following the ones who had baptized them and so paul's point is he's trying to bring them back to the gospel it's about Christ. It's not about who baptized you. Uh, and, and even Paul mentions later that he baptized someone uh, in that same in that same context. And so to use that uh, one verse to dismiss a host of verses on baptism, that's just not true biblical hermeneutics. That's that's dishonest to the, of the text and the totality of the Bible on the topic of baptism. Right, and Paul is not going to contradict himself. He spoke no. very. He spoke spoke very clearly to the necessity of baptism in Romans chapter six. Uh, in in recap of what he did in Acts twenty two sixteen, which we saw earlier, and in other passages, so uh, it's missing the point of what Paul was saying there in First uh, Corinthians yeah. one verse seventeen. It's taking that out of context, really. That is, uh, you know, again, as you said, Paul is basically saying, look. Who does the baptizing? That doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, the important thing is you should be baptized. And another important matter that he was dealing with specifically there was don't divide over mm. who had baptized you. So that's very well said, Lima. Um, what about this one? You handle this one because <laughs> this one's Ooh, this next one, one. This next one is a tough one. What if someone died before they got a chance to be baptized? You know, um, I was thinking about this question, and and uh, when it comes to when someone dies, um, that's it. There's there's nothing else we can do. There's nothing else they can do. Um, so they are now in the hands of the righteous judge, who is God, and God will be just in His judgment. Uh, but what I also find consistently in the Bible is that everyone has a chance to be baptized when we look in the bible god gives man time god gives man opportunity and when man truly seeks god god brings someone in their life that knows the truth and they will teach them the truth that was the case uh, i see that with the case of uh of philip and the eunuch here's a eunuch reading his Bible. He's a true seeker of God. He can't even go to Jerusalem and go into the worship setting because, because you know, he, 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 he would have been forbidden of it. But his devotion and dedication still took him there. He, he loved the Lord, right? And, and he was reading the Bible. And if it was possible for him to just 
be self-taught and know the truth and 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 obey the truth, then Philip would not be there. But see, he needed someone to come along and teach him. And he was honest about it, right? He said, how can I uh, understand lest someone guides me? Right? When Peter, when, when, uh, not Peter, when, um, when Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? Right? And so, um, yeah, when someone dies, they're in the hands of the righteous God. But every time during our lives, Every time someone truly seeks the Lord, God will give them a chance to obey the gospel. And I, I, I believe that. Yeah, I think also of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 as another, another example, another example of that same principle. And, you know, I always I find it interesting, too, that people don't ask this question when it comes to other steps in the plan of salvation. You know, well, what if they die before they got a chance to repent? Well, if, what if they die before they got a chance to believe or confess or what have you? It's always baptism because they want to exclude that one out of God's plan of salvation. That is an interesting view of it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, again, I believe God will give time if someone has the heart that they're really going to do it. Uh, but we can't take a hypothetical situation and negate, you know, the importance of baptism, regardless of of the hypothetical situation. So. Absolutely. Right. I mean, we've got clear scripture to show us the necessity. So uh, the last one, baptism is placing our faith in water, not in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what the objection is. Well, First uh, Peter 3.21, not, you know, not the putting away of the filth <laughs> of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think that answers it, and there's other answers we could give as well, but there's nothing special about the water. Uh, you're not taking a miraculous bath, okay? This is, yeah. but it is the place where God said, look, do this and your sins will be washed away. Uh, baptism now saves us, First Peter 3.21. It's not putting away the filth of the flesh, but it's the answer of a good conscience toward God. Why is it the answer of a good conscience? Because God told you to do it. So your conscience is telling you if, if it's trained properly, hey, I need to do this. So you answer yes. your conscience and then Ultimately, the power is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, through his blood, uh, what Jesus did for us. you have anything to add to that, Lima? Yeah, Jesus said in, in Matthew 26 and verse 28, when, when he instituted the Lord's Supper, you know, he said about the cup, you know, uh, th this, is, this is the cup of the new covenant uh, in my blood, uh, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And the same uh, uh, phrase there is used by Peter when he talked about baptism in Acts 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins. And so baptism is there uh, as a way for us to contact the blood of Jesus. So it's not the water. It's contacting the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins. And, and that's the key. Yep, that, that's right. Uh, any, th any final thoughts, Lima, before we move on and, and head to next week? Well, um, I, I do want to say, hey, if you're listening and I sound very preachy, I'm very passionate about this subject, um, but uh, we mean every word that we say about baptism. I hope that if you're listening to this and you're someone who's who's thinking about um, uh, uh, being baptized, go back to the beginning, uh, revisit the scriptures and listen to what we're saying. It's not us. It's the word of God. And we're simply sharing it with you. 
Appreciate those final thoughts, Lima, and and I concur absolutely. Um, if anyone is, uh, you know, trying to make your calling an election sure by examining, you know, whether or not you really are a Christian based on what we've covered today, if that be the case, contact me, contact Lima, uh, or just contact anybody at the Scattered Abroad Network, and we would be more than happy to uh, put you in contact with somebody who can help you with this and uh, and make that right. And uh, again, place all your faith in Jesus Christ. Do what Jesus said. Be baptized into Christ today if you haven't done so. So, uh, Lima, I really appreciate you with uh, not only this lesson, but all the ones that we've done so far in this series on the plan of salvation. Lord willing, we will wrap this series up next week when we talk about remaining faithful, which is, you know, baptism culminates the process of becoming a Christian. But guess what? You've just started the race at that point. You've also got to live faithfully as a Christian. So we will talk about that, Lord willing, next week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.